Hey everyone, this is Erin with FM99, and today I'm talking to Wit from Ugly Kid Joe. Hello? Hello. Hi. I want to talk about your band name. It kind of started out as a play on a Pretty Boy Ugly, or I'm sorry, <laughs> Pretty Boy Floyd's name, but what yeah. made you guys stick with Ugly Kid Joe? Well, at that time we were living in a, in a town called uh, Isla Vista, California, which is the, uh, the campus for a college. Uh, UCSB, and uh, and there's a club in downtown Santa Barbara called uh, what was it called the Carnival, and there's this dude that would book the shows named Bill Hardy. Okay, and we really wanted to open at that time. If you were a local band, which we were, if you could open up for a national band, any national band, any genre, and anything, you would just you're closer to the fire. You're excited to. You know, to to get a gig near near some any band that was actually doing it on a national level, and so there was a band, and I think there still is a band called Pretty Boy Floyd, very glam, and pretty much the opposite of what we were and are. And yeah. and um, anyway, so we had an opportunity. My, I, I had a demo tape. We didn't have a band name, and I had a demo tape, and I, I gave it to Bill Hardy. And somehow we had a landline at the time. This is way before cell phones. And um, anyway, Bill Hardy called us and said, hey, look, man, we're going to put you in the paper. You got the gig. No worries. It's on. Uh, but we, you guys have to give us a band name. <laughs> and uh, I was like, ooh, you know, we don't have a band name at this point. And, I, and, I, and Klaus was sitting like on a couch, like probably eating Top Ramen or yeah. something. And I, said, and I said, hey, dude, we need it. We like literally putting my hand over the, the way you talk on the landline, not part of the phone. And I said, dude, what is the name? And he goes, oh, and he was just kind of eating, thinking. And he said, Ugly Kid Joe, because it was the antithesis of Pretty Boy Floyd. Yeah. Went, that's how we named the band. And then we were very excited to play the gig uh, for said reasons. Uh, and um, and then they canceled. But but that didn't matter because we were because by then we started working on a logo. And we're like, oh, that's kind of a cool name. So we just kind of kept it. Nice. So you just kind of rocked with it there. That's it's, correct. It's kind of funny how those things happen. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. But you guys are about to kick off a really huge tour with Judas Priest, which is awesome. Um, uh, and I'm sure after this past year, which has just been so crazy, that you guys are just really excited to get back out there. Um, so yeah. what are you looking most forward to when you hit the road again? Well, we're actually just doing, for us, it's just a one-off uh, with Priest. Uh, th- so this is, really, this is we're, in, we're in Virginia. I'm in Virginia right now. I flew in yesterday. I was actually in, a, so we just, it comes down to this. Is we're giant uh, and massive Judas Priest fans. We love Priest, and, you know, we, we know those dudes, and we've had a lot of cool experiences yeah. with Judas Priest. But, but for, for this particular gig, Virginia, it's just, a, it, for us, it's only one gig. This is a one gig we haven't played in North America in, um, I would say, pretty much 25 years. I mean, from Virginia Beach, like, I don't think we've played here in 25, maybe 30 years. It's been a while. <laughs> so... So we're playing this show because we love Priest, period. Um, I've actually been living in Central America for the last 10 months, waiting on the pandemic. So, wow. So when, um, uh, when, uh, when our booking agent was like, hey, man, you want to play with Priest, the answer to that question will forever be yes. I mean, <laughs> we, would, we, would, we would sell T-shirts for Priest. We love Priest. So, um, so I flew here from, uh, you know, I flew to California, where it's actually my home state. So I flew there on the 20th of August and I had my family. And I flew into Virginia yesterday, and I'm uh, here. All the guys are getting here like today, kind of you know through the day today, and then yeah. we'll, we have rehearsals tomorrow. And then boom, we'll play with Judas Priest tomorrow. And I think uh, if you want to come and enjoy our set, make sure you get there around 7 p.m. And um, yeah, 
the reason we're playing is strictly because we love Judas Priest, period. So you would say that that's probably y'all's biggest, would you say, inspiration or you just diehard Priest fans? Well, you know, I, I was talking to Glenn Tipton one time years ago, and he says that all of North America, including me, um, you know, Priest was somehow made for the psyches of uh, of someone like myself. So, yeah, we love, I mean, Klaus and I, the guitar player for Evelika Joe, we, he turned me on to Priest, and he was like, listen to this. And, uh, you know, certain music hits you, you know. Uh, so, like, for us, for us, like, bands that totally influence, like, we love Priest, we love Sabbath, we love ACDC. Oh, yeah. You know, so... Yeah, but Priest is something. I mean, I'm a, I'm a massive Priest. I mean, Rob Halford sang on uh, Ugly Kid Joe had an album in 1992 called America's Least Wanted. And yeah, I was about to ask you about that. I was, <laughs> I was going to ask how exactly that came to fruition. Uh, with Rob Halford singing on the, on the yeah. album? Well, Mark Dodson uh, is a producer, and he's a great producer. He's an English producer. He's, he's very witty, no pun intended. And uh, anyway, when, when Ugly Kid Joe, Ugly Kid Joe made an EP you know, and uh, an EP is a small, a small album, like five or six songs. And that EP went on to sell, I don't know, two million records uh, out of the blue. And we, you know, we did, you know, out of the blue, just out of the, out of the, yeah. so all of a sudden we had this, our label was behind us and wanted to, you know, push, push this band that we happened to be in called Ugly Good Job. <laughs> and, uh, and they, and we didn't, we didn't, we didn't know anything. I mean, we really didn't. We're just from, you know, we just kids. And, uh, but one of the things that we were able, that they said we were able to do was like, hey, you know, you can pick whatever producer you want now to produce your next album, which, you know, goes on to be America's Least Wanted. And I was like, well, what does that really mean? Like, what a producer, you know, I don't really know anything. <laughs> and, uh, and anyway, so the, so we got, we would get discog- discographies or whatever the word is. And, um, and, and I just wanted to be near anything Judas Priest. So Mark Dodson had worked on, the producer, had worked on Sin After Sin, which is a Judas Priest album, and Defenders of the Faith which is a Judas Priest album, yeah. just because of that, but not because of a snare sound or guitar toes, just the fact that he knew Priest. I was like, that's our dude, for sure. 100%, anything Priest. So, so um, and then we're, we're, we're uh, recording that album in Devonshire Studio in, uh, uh, in, the, in the Valley or North Hollywood or that, wherever it was in L.A. And uh, at that time, I was dating uh, the MTV VJ. Do you remember, did you ever watch MTV back in the day, in the 90s? Did you do that? We watch it. You know, occasionally, occasionally I had it on. Okay. Well, there's like you remember you remember VJs? They introduced all the songs. Remember that? Yes. Okay. There's a really uh, beautiful and awesome gal named Duff Karen Duffy. So I was dating her at the time, and she was doing an interview with Rob Halford on 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 MTV, and uh, so she knows and she still knows that I'm really into Rob Halford. So. <laughs> She said, oh, my God, you know, I think she, she called the studio and said, you'll never guess who I'm here with, Rob Halford. And, of course, Mark Dodson knew Halford as well Yeah. because of those two PowerPoints for the for the quest. of. Just, and remember, I just wanted to meet the guy and say, you're so rad, you know. Well, now you so just Halford, have two killer connections. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he came down, uh, and, that was, and Priest was defunct at the time. So he came down to Devonshire, We, you know, and he came in. And at that time, we were, you know, the, the song, we were, we were tracking the song Goddamn Devil, which is pretty awesome. And he, uh, so, he, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever been in a studio, but there, at that time there's tape, like Ampex, Ampex tape, Ampex 456 okay. tape. And it goes, and it, so we put, the, we put the tape on, and it's got pretty cool lyrics, like as far as evil stuff. Yeah. And uh, and, uh, and Rob listens to it, and we give him a lyric sheet, and he listens to it, and he, he's such an intense and awesome and cool dude. I'm like, wow, there's that dude. There's there's Rob Albert. And, um, and he looks over at us after he listens to his tongue, and he goes, he goes, uh, he goes, I like the lyrics. <laughs> and 
And I'm all, no way, that's so rad. And, uh, so, and then we're like, do you want to go sing on it? And so he, he, and he walked in the studio, he put the headphones on, and I got to push, I got to kind of be the mini producer and, and push the button and talk to in his ear and be a little more like this or a little more like that, which wasn't, I didn't really need to do much. But it was it's truly inspiring to watch. I mean, I think very few people deserve the moniker master, like a master at their craft. Yes. You know? Then he certainly is a master of his craft. So I watched the his neck like explode. What a what a vocalist! And uh, so then he sang on it. And uh, since then he we put, we went on the Aussie tour in '92, and he sang, he came and sang with us live on stage uh, in Phoenix, sang that song "Goddamn Double," and also. Yeah. Tipton, I sang on Glenn Tipton's, uh, or some parts on Tipton's solo record, um, Baptism of a Fire. And at that time in, in 1995, Ugly Joe was on tour with um, soccer stadiums with uh, Bon Jovi and Van Halen, which was super cool. And we were doing one-offs, uh, which means, like, let's say you're doing these big shows, then on the days off, we were they were cool and let us go do, like, our own shows. So we... We played a one-off in this place called uh, in Nottingham called Rock City, and Glenn Tipton came to that show, the guitar player for Priest, yeah. and, and he hadn't played in years because Priest was once again defunct. And he played, uh, he came on stage with Ugly Kid Joe, and we played Grinder, Green Man Alishi, and Rapid Fire, and it was so rad. So, you know, but we've never opened for Priest. So um, here we are. It's like a, it's on the bucket list. It's you coming know, full circle here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're without a doubt we're fans. We're fans of Priest, and uh, it's a big honor for us. That's you know that's just the fact. So I, I don't want to like spoil the show for anybody, but are you guys going to be playing Goddamn Devil? And is uh, Rob maybe going to come out? Well, I would say this: COVID is a trip, right? Yes. So I don't know their protocol for all the things, and yeah. I respect whatever that is. You know, at this point, I, I don't know. I know this. Here's what I'll do. I mean, this, but I just do it I, in general. I do this, so I will make sure that there's a hot mic. When I say hot mic, that means a mic ready to go. Yep. So there'll be a mic sitting on the side of the stage, waiting <laughs> for that dude to come rolling out. But I'm not sure how they all feel because remember they have a three month tour, so I'm not sure what. You know, safety first, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, but that so that would be pretty cool. Um, and we'll put ourselves in a situation where that where that could manifest. <laughs> you know what? Fingers crossed. Yeah, there you crossed. go. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, like, you know, this is kind of a dream come true for you guys opening up for Priest, but you've yep. toured with a bunch of really huge names. And is there anybody that you haven't toured with yet that you would really love to? Like, do you have a dream lineup at all? Yeah, ACDC. <laughs> that would be killer. ACDC is the only, we talk about this, Klaus and I, the guitar player from Good Joe, we're just, we're childhood friends. So, uh, all the bands that we loved and admired uh, growing up, we've not only because remember we're just fans, we're like music fans, yeah. and then we somehow got in a band, and uh, and somehow we were we were accepted to go tour, and it's pretty pretty cool. Um, but it, basically, these was the only bands we loot us, you know, like we pretty much opened up or become friends with uh, with all our heroes. So it'd be cool to to um, tour with ACDC. Yeah, no, that would be absolutely rad. That would that would be killer. Um, and kind of like going off that, do you have any like really wild tour stories? Anything that sticks out in your memory that you're like, wow, I will never forget that? Well, hmm. In 2012 and in 2014, I found myself at the ends of tours, of the Joe tours in the UK, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'd be like, huh, because I, I never really want to go home. 
And uh, and both at both those times, and I would Motorhead would be starting their tours, right? Yeah. So uh, in the UK and in Europe, and so I'm friends with those dudes, and uh, you know they're you know they're my friends and and uh, and a lot and a lot of my inspiration. And uh, so I would show up to the, and I just kind of live out of a backpack, just so you know. <laughs> and I would so I'd show up to the rehearsals, and I would say, which is very strange request and you know the fact that they honored it is a miracle but at both times i would say yeah i got time to kill um can i go on tour with you but not like me touring in the capacity of playing a show but like i was like just like hanging out (laughs) (laughs) the backpack yeah so both times i would go on the motorhead bus with just the band with uh phil and mickey and lem and and uh, like maybe two crew guys and a bus driver and me so those those experiences um, were super cool uh, uh, and original in the sense of I don't I, I don't know anybody else who's done anything like that. Uh, and <laughs> You're just so like, hey, can I can I join you guys for a couple days? Like, <laughs> yeah, but it would be it would be an average of like two or three weeks. Oh so, my gosh! So what would happen on those tours would be, you know, every third show, Lem would say, hey, you want to come up and sing with us? So um, I've probably jammed. And, and uh, with Motorhead, in a sense, saying "Killed by Death" or "Overkill" or um, or "Board Race Hell," probably fifteen or twenty times around the world. And uh, so, when you say, "What's the what, what do you think is one of the cooler stories I have to share?" is I'll, I'll I'll tell you this. So, in 2014, I was on that bus doing that same thing, and there was the third show. And I think the third show was somewhere in Sweden or someplace like that, or maybe Switzerland. Okay. And, and Lem said, "You would never say no to jamming with Motorhead." And uh, and Lem says, or maybe it was even Phil goes, "Hey man, so you want to come jam with us tonight?" And I said, uh, "And I had, and I already had my scheme, right? and I'll tell you what it was." And I go, "I go, nah, I'm cool." Like I, <laughs> I said, "No," and he was all. He looked at me like, "Really? You're not?" And then I said, "No, I'm cool, man. Not tonight, because the next show, which was uh, in a couple of days' time, was uh, July 4th, 2014, which was at Hyde Park with Sabbath and Faith No More and Soundgarden. Mm. So of course, so I was kind of like." Like subtly holding out because I wanted the question for that. Yeah. So, and and Phil looked at me like, really? That's a very strange answer. No. And then, but you know, they're cool. They're you know, they're they're cool guys. And uh, so anyway, pushed him to shove. We go to London. We hang out. Everything's cool. And then and it's show day for that. And that's a big show, Hyde Park. I mean, and I don't imagine I'll play Hyde Park in my life, right? Yeah. So, day of show, Phil looks at me, and then it kind of, like the penny dropped. And he was like, oh, that's what he was doing. And he goes, so. And I go, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, so would you, um, I suppose you'd like to sing today. And I go, and I looked at him like a kid, like a little kid that wanted ice cream, you know. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like, yes, of course, dude. And then I got to watch it in real time where Lem was in, and, you know, Lem wasn't in his best health at that point. But so I got to watch Phil walk off because you have to clear it with the boss, which is Lem. And I got to watch Phil walk off to you know, to where, you know, you open the whatever little door Lem was behind and like almost like a, a math portable, if you think in high school, where yeah. Lem was. And then he's like, and I go, oh, this is where you either get to do it or not. And, uh, and I've seen it happen before, uh, so I could only imagine. It. So basically, Phil just walks in for sure and said, hey, can we jam tonight? And at first, for sure, Lem was writing poetry or lyrics or whatever he does in there. And for sure, he does not and said, of course. And so, boom, there I was. And there was, you know, Hyde Park with an awesome bill. It was like, it was like uh, Motorhead, uh, Soul Soulfly, Faith No More, Soundgarden, and Black Sabbath. That's so amazing. Got, oh, it's so awesome. And so then Phil came back and said, yeah, Dad, you're on. So there I was. And the cool thing about 
the, the Motorhead like, camp, and when I say camp, I mean all the techs and the family yeah. that work for them, is I don't know if you've seen, like, for your mind's eye, any, any of your listeners could look this up, but go look at, like, how Roger Daltrey from The Who, the singer, used to, they used to, the, the singers used to have a, a, a microphone and that and the, the cord would plug into the microphone, and then for some reason, the cord would be folded back and they'd tape it with duct tape, this mm-hmm. weird look of the 70s, which I would never do and I've never done, but every time... I ever jammed with Motorhead, they'd always give me that version of a microphone, which is maybe just so you don't unplug the cord. I never, I never really had the courage to ask why they do that. But yeah, um, so that, like, you know, imagine being on stage, you're looking out, it's Hyde Park, it's like you know, sixty thousand people, and then there's like, you know, those techs are cool. They're total cowboys in the sense of just completely centered and and just you know, like a, a great Motorhead machine. They they hand the mic with a big smile to me, like like you're a part of our family. And then walking outside, uh, walking on stage and having Lamb go, Whitfield Crane, and I'd be like, no way. So that's a pretty cool story. That's a really, that's amazing. And not many people get to, you know, say that they did that. <laughs> right? That's, it's, yeah. it's really awesome. Um, yep. And I got to ask, I know you mentioned that you're, you had been living in South Central America yeah. the past like 10 months, which is super cool, by the way. Yep. Um, how, how has that been? Well, my plan was to, to leave, the, you know, I mean, mainly I, I don't live in the States that often now. I, I basically, I live out of a backpack. I have an accountant, I have a passport and a credit card and no felony record. So I'm able to just kind of keep on trucking. And so what I usually do is I live in Europe and I create uh, tours with the band. And then I have the tours end up somewhere awesome. Yeah. And like, like, like Portugal, then I'll live in Portugal or I'll end up in, in France. I'm like, oh, cool, I'll live in France. It's just, you know, I kind of use it as that. But for the for with respect to the pandemic and the carnage it's caused and the lives it's lost and, and, the, and the economy that's destroyed is, you know, I, I'm like, wow, I, it's there I was in the States. If I was in the States and I'm like, wow, I'd really like to, to leave the States. And so I've got some friends in Costa Rica and I went. So Costa Rica opened their borders on October 29th. I got there October 30th and I wow. just returned August 20th. So I spent a lot of time in a place called Santa Teresa. I spent, I went, there's a, there's a cool volcano there called Arnal with just, and, and the thing about Costa Rica is, you know, with respect to the military, but there is no military in Costa Rica. So there's just this, it's all the newest earth as well. Like yeah. it's just this kind of awesome frequency. So I, you know, I went there and I hung out there and I've got friends there and it's on the Pacific ocean, which is of course I'm from the Pacific ocean. So, uh, it's a good life. And, uh, and, you know, and there's no, um, there's no drama. I mean, you could create drama wherever you want to go, but there's no, I mean, if you're not looking for drama, it's yeah. not really there. So yeah, I just went there and trained and hung out and wrote a lot. I wrote like 15 songs and, you know, write a movie. Um, oh. just, it, it just, it's like a, I'm almost like my own pregnancy. I went there <laughs> and I kind of birthed the new me at the end of it. So and uh, and to celebrate to celebrate my return and the, and really the impetus of my return is Judas Priest. So yeah, Central America is super cool. I recommend all your listeners to go. You don't need a COVID test to get in there. You can yeah. go. Um, and they're just it's a really everyone's cool. No one's chasing anything. There's a thing called it's like pura vida, pura vida. it's a it's like a life force. So everyone's just um, cool. Just it's like cool vibing, you yeah, know. It's, good. it's a good vibe and like. For instance, like I'd open, I was staying in a barrio where I was like tin roofs and there's like, you know, dudes playing cards on the streets and outside my, the door of my, uh, my apartment, I was renting from this lady, Vanessa, uh, 
is like a giant tree with scarlet macaw birds in it. Like those are forty in it, forty inch rainbow colored parrots. Yeah, those are huge. And they're beautiful. You know, they're I'm up there and they're wild. I'm up there as a giant bird. I've only seen those birds in a cage. Yeah, like um, so used to seeing them at a pet store. Yeah, so I was, uh, you know, there I was, and there's like all kinds of great wildlife. There's sloths, and there's like howler monkeys, and I don't know. There's other little monkeys. I don't know what they're called. Um, but there's, it's just a good existence. It depends. You have to kind of master if you're looking for like super exciting stuff. I mean, everything did because the pandemic. Everything closed at 9 p.m. But but that's okay. You know, yeah. you get up and explore the day, and so yeah. Central there's still America, plenty of things to do. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. And so you have been writing, though. So would you say maybe there's some new music on the way? Well, Ugly Kid Joe, we we have an album ready to go. So I'm I'm, I'm ready to go make another album. We're waiting. Ugly Kid Joe's waiting out, and has we'll have great news for for any fans of Ugly Kid Joe. Uh, for 2022, we will release an album flat out. We're ready to go. And then, as far as my writing goes, um, I'm ready to go in the studio today and make another album. So I think that a lot of bands, I mean. Usually, when you're in a cycle uh, of create of creativity, you know you don't have that much time. Like if you if you if you think of bands, which I do, you always you know you, the first or second first album always seems to be amazing. That's because they've had whatever band seems like it's had a lot, a lot of time to work on it. In yeah. my opinion, right? So everyone's had it's a pandemic, though it comes with a lot of those challenges that it has, and it, that's brutal. And, but besides that, it's a lot of time to work on your art form, whatever it is, right? Oh, yeah, uh, lots of lots of time. <laughs> so I, <laughs> exactly. So my prediction is a lot of bands, including Ugly Good Joe, and, and a lot of different art forms will come out with, with, with incredible, like so there's going to be like a renaissance of arts going to spit out and go whoosh. So that's oh, yeah. what I'm hoping for anyway, at least for us they will. Well, I know we're definitely looking forward to it. Um, and we cannot wait to see you guys with Judas Priest here at uh, Virginia Beach. On, yep. I believe it's, it's a couple days, right? Uh, it's, it's on Thursday. The... It's, I think it's Thursday. It's the ninth. Yeah. If you want to, if you if you would like to come and uh, celebrate, uh, <laughs> Ugly Kid Joe, seven p.m. and uh, it's going to be awesome. There it you go. It's going to be rad. I am very excited. And Whit, it has been so great talking to you. So thank you so much. Okay, you're awesome. Have a beautiful day. And, Thanks. Uh, so, so there you go. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. You're awesome. Later. Bye. bye.